enough about the Calgary Flames. Let's talk about the Pacific Division as a whole. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. As always, I am your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for joining me here as we talk about the Pacific Division and preview and predict what what might happen with the Pacific Division. But today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. The Pacific Division, great division to be in, full of narratives and great storylines to be a part of. And we're going to talk about that today on Locked on Flames, but make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts, and of course on YouTube as well. I'm so happy to be hosting this show another season with y'all, and it's a great privilege to do so on the Locked On Network, but to be part of the Sea of Red, which is, you know, not something I ever thought that I would get to be part of in my hockey coverage career. But let's talk about the Pacific Division, because there's a lot that we have to cover when it comes to the Pacific Division. I would say for a majority of my time as a hockey fan, it's always been, oh, the Pacific Division is the weakest division in the league. For a while, I think you could say that that was the case. And then Vegas came around. Not only did Vegas get, they've been competitive from the start, but the teams that have been kind of struggling or were struggling like the Oilers, like the Flames, like the Kings for some parts. They have kind of found a new identity and reestablished themselves as competitive teams and there are still teams that don't know what they're doing. And of course we have another expansion team thrown in there as well. I think that when it comes to the Pacific Division, it's not the weakest division anymore. I think that may be the central. Sorry, everyone, but I do want to kind of talk about a storyline, I guess, for each team going into this season because it's great to remember the narrative surrounding a team as the season approaches and, you know, what are they fighting up against? What, who is the underdog? Who is the bottom feeder? And who's just there and more than likely going to? win the division again. Let's start with Vegas. Uh, The Vegas Golden Knights are obviously reigning Stanley Cup champions. I think that this team is still a good team. I don't really (laughs) know what's going to happen with a lot of their roster. I think being the reigning Stanley Cup champions, you do have this expectation to be, you know, to sustain that talent and that high caliber quality of hockey. And I don't know if Vegas has that in them. I think that Bruce Cassidy can coach anyone, really. And I think that Vegas still has, obviously, still has great players. But we're going to talk more about, you know, kind of some factors that go into creating a good hockey team a little bit later. But Edmonton, they have two of the best players in the world, but no goaltending. That has to be so frustrating as an Edmonton fan. If you're a lifelong Oilers fan and your team has like the Connor McDavid and the Leon Dreisaitl, you can't do anything. You can't win a Stanley Cup. 
you haven't been able to win a Stanley Cup and the goaltending that you have went out and acquired doesn't live up to the expectation. I think a lot of eyes are going to be on how they handle and manage the back end. What are they going to do by the deadline? What are they going to do to ensure that this team makes a stronger run at the playoffs? Los Angeles has obviously Pierre-Luc Dubois trade and that that's huge. I don't know if it's as big as people are making it to be and that's only because I don't know. I mean, I don't know how things are going to work in LA. I don't know what what their plan is. I'm I'm intrigued to see. I think he's going to do great, but it's not realistic to expect him to carry this team. It's not fair to any player, but especially one that is new and getting acclimated to his new line mates. Oh, and their goaltending. This team is only going to be as good as their goaltending. I'm telling you right now. And it's kind of like Seattle. Are they a legitimate contender? That's really all I have for Seattle. I don't, I don't know. I'm not buying into it yet. For the Flames. I mean, we know. <laughs> we know what the Flames narrative is. Can they bounce back? Are these contracts going to look better in year one? Are, will Elias and home resign? Who's going to do this? Who's Relax. Deep breaths, okay? And for Vancouver, I think the biggest thing here is them staying healthy. I think that is one of the biggest key factors. And they, they got to just focus on that. With Anaheim, it is crawling out of the basement. I think that they have started to claw their way out. Now it's a matter of sustaining that. I don't want to call it success. But moving forward, continuing that progress before allowing any real regression. I think that the extensions that Drysdale and Trevor Zegras signed are, they're good. I think they're solid bridge deals and gives Anaheim another three years to, you know, kind of figure it out and get it together. And before we move on to the break, the Sharks, they are locked away in the basement. There is not much to be excited about over in... San Jose. And I think that, you know, if you're interested in a basement dwelling team, you should absolutely be listening to Locked On Sharks. You should be listening to Locked On Golden Knights, Oilers, Kings, Kraken, Canucks, Ducks, and Sharks. Really any any team you enjoy. And of course the Flames. Before we do, the NHL season is finally here. Will the Vegas Golden Knights reign supreme again? And I want to tell you about Sleeper because I love the NHL and I know you do as well. Sleeper is my go-to platform for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you have the chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy. The NHL has never been more exciting than it is now with star players like McDavid, Ovechkin, Matthew Coronado, Kill McCarr, and Sidney Crosby. Simply select more or less based on their stats such as goals, assists, points, saves, and more. Yes, you heard me, Flames fans. Sleeper offers a hundred times the payouts, so start paying attention, make the right picks, and you could win big. Use promo code locked on NHL and you'll get up to $100 up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's locked on. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. 
Thanks everyone for hanging out with me on today's episode of Lockdown Flames. So exciting to finally be in October. Starting to feel like fall outside and hockey is here. You know, we're seeing some preseason extensions being signed. Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck. That's an interesting one. Those are some interesting lads. Go listen to Lockdown Winnipeg Jets because I'm sure that Harrison can make that sound a lot better. We got to talk about what's in the way here, right? Every single team faces adversity in some way, unless you were last year's Boston Bruins. And I don't, I think their adversity was Jake DeBrusque breaking his leg, but then still coming back and having fantastic second half of the season. We gotta, what, what is it for each of these teams that is going to be a roadblock and a potential, a potential roadblock and a hurdle for them to get over? Realistically, every team, it's going to be injuries. It's staying healthy. Freak accidents happen. Look at Kevin Rooney who went down in practice and Jacob Pelletier going into the boards at uh, during a preseason game. With Vegas, I really think it's going to be Mark Stone and goaltending because their goaltending last year was very much like the Flames two seasons ago. It was a fluke. It was a lot of things had to go right for it to be successful. And Aiden Hill was their third string goaltender and he he played out of his mind in the Stanley Cup final. There are a lot of things that have to happen in order for that to work out. And I don't know if they are going to be able to rely on Aiden Hill that heavily this season. And Mark Stone, we I swear it was like a week after the Cup, you know, after game, what was it, game seven? Game five, whatever it was, we were already seeing reports about Mark Stone being on LTIR. And that's the other narrative about Vegas is, hmm, circumventing the cap. Cute. Edmonton, they, I really had to scratch my head for this one because obviously as someone who roots for the Flames, I, I want to say all the bad things about them, but I did with the goaltending. I think that they have finally started to assemble a roster that complements McDavid and Dreisaitl. Now, it's not going to be perfect. I mean, that's just how it is. This isn't a, this is a salary cap era. This is not a video game, but I really do like what I see there. You're finally getting something, but like I mentioned earlier, I don't like the back end. I want to see consistency from the defense. I want to see consistency from your goaltending and sustainability with your goaltending. And same thing with LA. They made for like changes within their forward group and the goal, but the goaltending. Obviously, last year they traded Jonathan Quinn and then who went to Vegas and then ended up signing with the Rangers in free agency. And then Cal Peterson ended up being waived, I believe. And uh, we don't know. And I, okay, I lied. Phoenix Copley is still with the Kings. I thought that he had somehow ended somewhere else. This man is from North Pole, Alaska. I think that's that's so fun. But my point still stands. They do not have established goaltending. They do not have... You don't need a top five goalie to make the playoffs. We've been over this, right? Look at the Florida Panthers. But you need to have someone that can do it rather consistently and slightly above league average. And I don't know if... Phoenix Copley has that in him. I don't know. And you have Cam Talbot as your backup along with David Riddick in AHL. We've seen this film. It's such an interesting situation and dynamic. I really am going to have to kind of scratch my head on this one and keep a close eye on that because 
I mean, maybe Copley, Copley, Copley uh, surprises me, surprises all of us. With Seattle, they did have a decent offseason. So I have to give them credit there. I really thought that Ryan Donato was going to be part of their organization for time to come. It felt like he was someone that they wanted build around and not build around, but kind of have it as that veteran presence. And I I thought that Vince Dunn, that re-signing was great for them. Now, can he replicate what he did last year? That's really all you're hoping for. You're hoping for, it doesn't have to be the exact same or better, but somewhere close to where your top players were last year. That's typically how you see success, right? Tyler Yamamoto is a good signing as well. I think that you know, his time with the Oilers was coming to an end. I think you can kind of see the writing on the wall in most most of these situations. And, you know, a change of scenery is, is good for some players. So I'm looking forward to watching Seattle as a whole, really. Goaltending. I'm so intrigued about that goaltending because, again, they just, they have to stay healthy. Anaheim, I think it's their biggest thing is finding their stride and their footing early and maybe sustaining it. And if they fall back, maybe just not sliding so far back that you can't recover. And I think the Sharks, the Sharks just go out there and have fun. That's all, that's really all you can ask for with the Sharks. I've fully decided that you aren't getting an ounce. Okay, I shouldn't say that. You're gonna get slight competitiveness out of them, but it's not gonna be able to compete with their NHL opponents. Coming up next, we are going to talk about projections and who I think will be on the top by the end of the season. But before we dive into that, I do wanna take a quick second here and talk to you about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit, your parts, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to, t- to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit only available for US customers. Thanks everyone for hanging out with me today on Locked on Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and we're finally to the point where we can do predictions of, like, divisional predictions and projections, which I think is so fun because I didn't think we were ever going to get here. Uh, We hosted a daily podcast through the summer and July and parts or July and August, we're still down to three days a week. And y'all made sure this was the best summer of Locked on Flames and very grateful for you. I just before recording, I saw Evolving Wilds projections for 
the entire league. Naturally, you know, my brain went right to the Pacific Division. The Flames are number one. Flames, he has the Flames finishing first. And this isn't like, like this is statistically like a formula to Twins are evolving wild. But regardless, it's a formula. There, There's a math behind it. There's a whole thing that is too complex for me because I don't do numbers and I don't do numbers with letters. Not, not an algebra girly, not a stats girl. I can look at a graph. That's about as far into statistics as I get. But Flames are not finishing number one overall in the division. And if they do, we can, we can revisit this and I'll eat like a ghost pepper and donate like a thousand dollars to a chair, like to this uh, Snowy Strong Foundation or something. Like I, I have the Oilers finishing first. I think that they may be better than Vegas. I think that their goaltending might be more stable than Vegas. I think that they're kind of slated for a healthier season. Vegas had a long, long summer and a short off season. They call it a cup hangover for a reason. Vegas is right behind them in second. In second. I just, I'm very unsure of Vegas, but I'm not writing them off. I have LA finishing third just because of the shifts in their offensive group. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that they finish below the Flames because I would like the Flames to sneak in to a playoff spot and not have like a wild card spot. But and fourth, I do have the Flames. I think that the Flames are going to be the middle of the pack team again. It's a matter of them clicking on all aspects of their game. Five on five. Special teams. Goaltending. Offense. Defense. Coaching. Like, everything has to go right for the Flames this season. And Matthew Coronado making the roster... Uh, opening our night roster out of camp is huge. I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of everyone that put their best foot forward and their hard work has paid off. And it's just a great reminder that this team is going to be fun. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be the best team in the world, but Matthew Coronado is going to find himself on that top line. I saw, um, Shane Stevenson tweet about it. And I was like, yeah, Matthew Coronado is absolutely going to find himself on that top line. But after the Flames, I have Seattle. Not entirely sure about Seattle, like I mentioned a little while ago. I don't know what their goaltending situation is going to look like. It's interesting because I feel like a lot of these teams in the Pacific have crap goaltending. If not, I would say all of them, actually. <laughs> I think all of them, except Vancouver, have... Uh, bad goaltending. But yeah, I'm not entirely sure what Seattle's going to bring to the table and if they're going to be able to maintain it. And then of course I have Anaheim. Or oh, actually that's a lie. I have Vancouver and then Anaheim and then the Sharks. I think that those are your bottom three teams. Like maybe the Canucks and Ducks flip, but they're, those are your bottom three teams, and I feel like not much changed from last year's standings, <laughs> but it's still, you know, it'd be nice to see a little bit of shuffling, a little bit of change. <laughs> I want to I see this division be truly competitive again. I want it to be like the Atlantic. I Growing up a Bruins fan and having the 
fierce competitiveness of the Atlantic Division so exciting. You know, there was no one that had really eliminated themselves in the playoff from the playoffs by January. There was always some sort of rivalry going, and I want there to be more than just the Battle of Alberta. I want there to be more divisional rivalries. I want there to be just competitiveness. And I think that that's realistic. I think that that is a very realistic ask. And the, the Flames can do it. Any of these teams can pull it together and do something. You could do, I mean, maybe not be like Matthew Kachuk and like elbow people, but you could reignite some sort of rivalry with one of these teams, especially, I mean, LA, I, LA handed uh, the Flames uh, them their dinner on a silver platter in March, so we we don't we don't have to revisit that, but we that's okay. I think that this division is getting better, it's getting stronger, and it is getting more competitive. And that's the fun part of hockey is that you know there's the ebbs and flows and the element of surprise. And that does it for today's show. Thank you so much, everyone, for hanging out with me today on Lockdown Flames. This podcast is for everyone. We are happy to have you. Uh, Nick and I will be back tomorrow. We're going to be talking um, about the Flames as a whole and kind of our predictions and projections and just kind of, you know, keeping, keeping keeping it fresh. The Flames did claim AJ Greer off of waivers. I'm sorry. I can't keep these Boston connections away from Calgary. Um, I'm always somehow found at the scene of the crime. Okay. (laughs) But thank you everyone for hanging out with me today on Locked on Flames. And I will be back tomorrow and I look forward to hearing what y'all have to say. Who is finishing and winning the division?